Before we get into today's episode of the pod, you guys have to subscribe because I'm looking at you and you're not subscribed to the channel yet and you have to hit the notification bell because you're not going to know when I post if you don't have notifications when I post. Make sure to like the video, you guys, so I know you guys are enjoying these episodes. Make sure to follow my social medias. I will pop them on the screen so you can stay up to date with everything to do with this podcast. And then don't forget to check out the Spotify version. The link will be in the description for that as well. Finally, I am a sports writer, so make sure to check out the take.sport.blog so you can read the best sports articles ever. You will not regret clicking that link. So make sure to click that link below. But let's go ahead and get into today's pod, you guys. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Take Podcast here. I'm, of course, your host, Jackson Burleson. In today's episode, I got my brother, a former state champion out of Culver Military Academy. Uh, he is currently a center uh, for the hockey program up there uh, coming off his sophomore season. Uh, thank you for hopping on. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so you said you just got back from the gym so what was your workout this morning yeah so today was just kind of a, a lighter day more of explosive day focusing on like being fast and fast twitch muscle fibers <laughs> and things like that so it's it a little lighter than i normally do but it was it was high intensity i'd say so you were telling me walking in guys it is eight o'clock in the morning and he said that he finished his second workout of the day so what was your first workout of the day since you said you woke up at 4.30 in the morning? Yeah, so I wake up at like 4.30 in the morning. I drink like a protein shake and have like maybe a protein bar, um, you know, kind of get me fueled. And then I head out into the garage and start doing some plyometrics, some speed work, uh, a little bit of stick handling here and there, but mostly just like an hour of plyometrics, just jumping around, trying to get like quick and agility, things of that sort. And then after that, I head off to the gym to do some weights, and then I come back, eat, and then start shooting pucks and start my third workout after that. So what's your th- what's your third workout entail? So my third workout is pretty much just skills-based. It's uh, all like stick handling, shooting pucks, uh, things like that. Maybe some like rotational power work, but it's pretty much just technique and really cracking down on those like basics so that I can do them in a game anytime I want. So are you focusing on like kind of everything when you're doing the skill workouts? Or are you just focusing on one part of like your shot or? So each day I typically focus on like one thing. So yesterday I was focusing on puck placement on my blade before I shoot and making sure I cradle that puck really <laughs> cradle the puck nice off of a pass. So I was doing things like that. And I, I, I typically like have a forehand day and a backhand day. So one day I'll only shoot forehand shots. The next day I'll only shoot backhand shots and things like that. So I can really dial in and focus on those certain shots and get those perfect. So how many shots are you shooting? Um, I probably shoot for about four or five hours of constant shooting. You don't have like a certain number you get to? Um, I would say it's, it's probably in between like I would say it's close. It's probably close to a thousand shots a day, but I don't really count. I just kind of shoot until I'm I'm bored. And then once I'm bored, I kind of stop. 
and then I go like watch games or something like that, do something fun after that. Yeah, it's it's cool that you've gotten obsessed with the sport because honestly, I didn't really think you had that in you. Like, why why do you love the game of hockey so much? That's something I've always wanted to ask you. Why do you love the game so much? That's a that's a good question. I don't. I, I feel like a lot of people might have different answers, but I would say like hockey to me is just like I love it. I love the community that it builds and the different kinds of people that it brings together. Um, I love like the like the quote unquote brotherhood that like I've bonded with my teammates over and we've all bonded over hockey. We all share like a common like uh, inspiration for that. So I would say like more of the community. And I also just I just like I just like working anything that I love doing any like job or thing like that in the future, I'll work my hardest at if I love it. So it's just, I, there's nothing to like really like, uh, yeah, there's no like one thing, but I would say like commute, the community of hockey is probably my favorite part about it. Because I was thinking about this when you were a freshman, you weighed about 200 pounds. You were not in shape at all. Yeah. <laughs> like just tell me your story on like how you know because losing weight is hard as it is for most people because they're out of shape they can't really run they can't do this like just tell me how that was and then going from now to you being what like how much do you weigh now i i weigh like 158 i weighed in this morning i weigh myself every morning i'm trying to get up to like one i want to be like a light 175 by the start of next season i want to build some more muscle so that (laughs) People can't move me around as easily. Oh, so you do want to be 170. I want to be 175 by the start of next season. So I'm trying to put on around 15 pounds of muscle during this offseason. I thought you didn't want to be 170. <laughs> you told me you didn't want to be 170. You were like, oh, I won't be fast enough. I, I feel like I can still kind of, I, I think I could still be pretty quick at 170. And you're a lot more scary at 170 quick than you are at 155 quick. So... I've been I've been eating a lot more recently and doing stuff like that, but gaining pounds slowly by slowly. So going back to um, what I was talking about earlier, you weighing two hundred pounds your freshman year, yeah, yeah, not really that good at hockey. Like, tell me about that. Like, how intimidating was it going into the sport at first? Yeah. So like when I first got my, so I played when I was uh, little in second and third grade. I played two years. Um, and then I didn't make the best travel team, so then I kind of quit. Uh, I don't really know why, but I did. And then I started picking it back up uh, eighth grade summer. So going into my freshman year, I started picking it back up. I was roughly 200 pounds. I remember we were moving down here um, away from uh, Culver. And then uh, so it was kind of like the first initial part of it was kind of a struggle. Because I was just at the time, you know, playing video games, not really doing anything, just eating whatever I wanted. <laughs> and then it, it was kind of difficult to start, you know, getting back into like exercising, back on the ice and things like that. So it was definitely like a really, like the initial hump is a, was definitely like the biggest struggle. But I feel like once once you get over that initial hump, then like it, it, it's all like smooth sailing from there because you know like it works, you know everything works. So then you're just kind of like grinding away at it. It's a long process, but everything everything good in life is hard. So you just have to work for everything that you want. So when you were back on the ice, when you kind of just started getting back into it, 
like what were your expectations going in were you just like oh i'm just gonna skate or get back into the sport or like did you really have any real expectations so i was just trying to i was just trying to get back into the sport because i was going to culver academies and i heard that was like a big sport up there so i was just like why why not be a part of it um so then i was like i remember playing hockey i feel like it's gonna be not that hard to get back into it it's gonna be pretty light and then once i got on the ice and i did not remember a single thing from second and third grade (laughs) so it was it was definitely a long a long eighth grade summer of losing weight and trying to get back on skates and like doing all of that again so it's definitely difficult but it was was definitely worth it i think yeah because i remember you would go to the rink almost every day yeah i would go to the rink at like the free skates where like random people who don't know how to skate or didn't like really we're just doing it for fun i just go to those and i would just skate laps all day long for like six hours every day just keep on skating laps try different things you know try to get more comfortable on my skates and i think that's really really boosted my um my i guess rest of the that season on my freshman year of doing like not as poorly as i thought i would (laughs) (laughs) so when you were like trying out then like when did you start losing your weight it was, it was during the year? So it was kind of like that, that summer. It was like slowly like went away. And then before I went to school, I was probably at around like 180, 185 maybe. So I had lost like probably like 15, 20 pounds, 25 pounds um, that summer. And then once I, was at, once I was at school, you know, like they have you on the ice five days a week. You have games on the weekends. So, so you're pretty much on the ice every day. And then you're doing workouts three times a week up there. So there's like, there's really no way for you not to lose weight. And they give you like the dining hall up there has decent, the food doesn't taste that good, but it's, it's healthy for you. It has all the things that you need in it. So it definitely like being up there definitely like exceeded the weight loss because there, you know, there's no, there's always opportunity to lose weight or do something. And there's never an opportunity to like, be lazy and just sit around yeah you can't eat doritos and drink mountain dew every day yeah, and yeah. play Fortnite. because <laughs> seriously that is that, that is what you used to do i i remember it just like it was yesterday yeah I and mean, it's honestly crazy to see where you've come so last year you were coming off a state title but now you guys fell short like how, how, what are the differences between obviously besides the state title, but are you disappointed that you didn't get there or are you just surprised and proud about, you know, the progress you made this year? Cause you scored 18 goals from your five. Yeah. So, so I was definitely, I was definitely proud of my, myself for like, you know, upping my goals and things like that and being better. But I was more proud of our, our, our team and how far it has come even though we didn't win the the two a states uh from the year before we won one a states and then we got moved up the division into two a we were the eighth seed there and then we still made it to the semifinal. so i was i was pretty proud of our team i was pretty proud of the, like the way i played and everyone else played so I, I was i was more happy at the end of this season than i was last season it would have been better if we won a won a state title but I was still happy to move up divisions and still like succeed with that team. So talk to me about the differences between this year's team and last year's team. Like what were the key differences 
Um, I would say that this year's team is a lot closer than last year's team. Everyone was a lot closer in age. Uh, we didn't really have anyone like too out of like, I guess, uh, the median age group. So everyone was a lot closer. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's kind of it. Everyone like on my other team wasn't wasn't too close, but I feel like this year we were really close, and I that definitely helped us like in the long run. What do you think was like your strength as as a team? Just being able to like bond together and carry that onto the ice because a lot of teams can't really do that. So like, what made you feel like you guys could do that consistently throughout the year? Um, it's hard. That's a tough question. Um, I don't. I can. I don't think I could say it's one thing. But if I was to, it would be like um, just our like how close we were with everyone. Um. Like, knowing that if someone made a joke about someone, it was just a joke. And you didn't have to take it too deep. Um, also, like, uh, like on the ice, everyone is, like, super supportive of each other, you know. If you messed up, everyone's like, hey, you, you do this, do this. Like, you're, you're good. We got it next time. Yep. So uh, everyone is more, like, working together towards the same goal. Um and last year it wasn't as much as like that, but it was still, I thought it was pretty good last year towards the end. But, um, I thought this year was really good how we like, we're really compatible and really like close knit group, I think. So since you guys were compatible, um, you were actually the captain of the team, which that surprised me the most out of anything that you did this year, because you didn't start out as the captain. So how did that kind of work? for you to become captain like when was that in the middle of the season or when did that happen exactly yeah so that happened right after our first tournament so we had our first tournament um we did pretty well in it we only lost one game um and then so after that tournament like we had a team vote they all voted um for me and two other guys to be uh alternates so i was the captain they were two or the alternates um and yeah like they, it was just a team vote and i guess everyone just decided it should be me i don't really know so when you're in that new leadership role or you're about to be were you like scared like i gotta now lead by example uh i wasn't really scared because um uh, that's just kind of how i like i guess live my life is i live it how i want other people how i think other people should live it so you know showing up to the rink every day early never being late to anything always wearing the right things like our workout uniform and things like that so just like i feel like i do that all the time so it wasn't too big of a change and i wasn't really scared because i you know i already knew all the guys and i was kind of already like friends with everyone so it was it wasn't that scary but uh i i really enjoyed it so how did how do you handle um since you are the captain um you're obviously the guy on the ice that everyone looks to. So is that something that you look forward to each and every game, like a guy coming up to you, you know, asking like what to do here or you just kind of telling a player like you got to do this or. Um, I wouldn't say I look forward to it. I, I look forward to making our team the best it can be. And I think having all of those traits and being able to do all that uh, lets our team be the best they can be by, having not just the coaches look after people, but also other players and your other teammates looking after you, holding you accountable for doing everything. I think that really makes everyone a better <clears> team. And I think, 
I think me and the other uh, uh, captains did that really well this season. I think, I think that's why our team was so successful because of the, the bond that we had with everyone and how we could all be criticized or we could all give constructive criticism and take it like normally and not take it personally and be able to grow and learn from that. And everyone, everyone on our team could do that. Like anyone in our group could say to another person to do this, or they think this would be better and they could have that constructive criticism and they would be able to, you know, build off of that and learn from that. And they just learn from each other. And I think that's really why we were successful. So you think you take criticism? Well, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm a very coachable person. Uh, I take criticism, criticism, not in a personal way, but kind of in a personal way at the same time. Um, I take it in a personal way in the sense that I know I need to fix this before <coughs> something happens. I know I need to do this. I know I need to do something else uh, to help the team. So I take it personally in that sense, but I think I take criticism really well, and I think I apply myself um, when coaches say certain things or other teammates say certain things. Um, so I, I think I'm I'm a pretty coachable person. So when you say personally, is it like a chip on your shoulder? Uh, I wouldn't say all of the times, but sometimes definitely. I think, <laughs> I think having a chip on your shoulder is, is a good thing. I think if like you have something to play for or if you go into a game knowing that your coach has been ripping on you for something the whole week of practice and you need to show them that you can do that thing, I think it's normal and good for someone to have that because it drives you to be the best person that you can be and best player that you can be during that game. And I think you should have that for every game so that you're able to perform and you know what to do. And you have like a goal you're working to. You're not just playing the game to, you know, get through this, get through the 60 minutes. You're playing the game to do certain things for your coach to show him that you can do that. Yeah. And when you're a leader, you're expected to do more than just play the game. You have to go out there and, you know, you can't, because for captains, you can't really like get in like, you know, fights or anything like that. You're not supposed to, are you as a captain? No, but like you're not, you're not supposed to, but then there's always those exceptions. But uh, most of the time you're just trying to stay, you know, cool and collected so that everyone else can also stay cool and collected so that you're not, you know, getting everyone rowdy when they don't need to be rowdy, you know. <laughs> so, like, if everyone on your team's angry, you can't be angry. Like you, you have to show them that this is not a time to be angry. It's time to be calm, play the game, and do that. So I think that's really important. So what are your biggest takeaways from this year? Because your sophomore season was pretty big. So what did you learn the most that you're gonna carry forward? Um. I think I think being coachable was the thing that I I took to heart the most this season. It was just really listening to my coaches and listening to everything that they had to say about my game to be the best player that I could be. So I think that was really important. And then also not just like telling your coaches, "Yeah, I'll do that," and then doing it in that drill, but also like applying it in those next week's games. If they say four check harder or back check harder, you're doing that in the games and you're making sure that you're succeeding in those goals um so i think being coachable was the most important thing to me this season i think i developed with that the most um and i think that's also like one of the most important things because if you can't take criticism or you can't be coached then no coach is going to want you have to on their team because you're not going to play for them you're playing for yourself yeah you can't be you can't be selfish in that aspect at all especially in a team game because 
every single sport except like tennis and golf those those two sports are little outliers because those aren't team sports but like with basketball football like all those sports you have to have each guy do their job yeah every guy there's one guy that has to do the dirty work has to be a dennis rodman get rebounds take elbows Get in fights with people because he's got to do it for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has to score all the points. Yeah, he's got to do his job. Everyone has a role. Scottie Pippen's got to play defense. Like it's everything. Everyone has to do their role, or else the team will not succeed, and you won't go anywhere. So, is do you think the team aspect is the favorite part for you? Just being a part of hockey. Do you think that's one of your favorites? Just being around different people and meeting because you you meet a lot of different friends during that time yeah i think i think the the community is really big and then also just knowing like being a part of a team is really important to me because you know as you said you have all those roles and things like that and i think it's really important for you to know that you have something important to do and that you have to fulfill that role or else you're letting everyone else down and i think you also need to have that trust in everyone else on your team that they're going to do their role or they're going to let you down. So I think being a part of a team is really important for everyone growing up and just in general um, because it really builds trust that you can build with other people and it builds a, uh, a, a kind of like it makes you makes you think that your job is way more yeah. important because you're working for other people. So yeah. like when I go on into a game – I'm not working for me to go score a goal, right? I'm I'm working for me to work with everyone else on my team so that we can score a goal for our team. So I know my job is to do this. I know his job is to do that. If we do all of that, then we're going to score goals and we're going to win games. So I think knowing what your role is and knowing what other people's are all, roles are and knowing that you can trust them and they can trust you is really important. And I think I think that should be like a part of everyone's team. So going into a season when you have, you know, obviously your individual goals and then you also have your team goals, like how do you bounce that? Because you had 18 goals this year. You wanted to get 20, but you didn't get that. So like what is like what's the level of like you kind of balance it? Like you take team goals first or you want to get your individual goals check marked? Um, I think I just during the season, I just kind of take it. Uh, game by game like shift by shift so every shift you know you're playing hard every game you're playing hard and I think I think the number the numbers in my head for me personally about my goals kind of get lost during the season and I'm just focusing focusing about the next game and how we can win as a team and how we can score goals as a team so I would say team goals definitely come first before you're like focusing on your own goals um so I I think just like winning winning games as a team leads to you having uh uh your goals fulfilled um but yeah so tell tell me during the season so i've i've heard this from dad and he says that you are the hardest working player in the entire culver hockey program you think that's true uh i i think i think it's i think it's true um i think I think maybe I think I spend more time in the rink than everyone else, and I, I think my time is more purposeful because I know what I'm working to, and I ha- I have a lot of discipline and motivation towards hockey. So I think 
I would say I'm definitely the hardest working person in the rink. And, you know, I get up every morning, do four workouts a day, eat a bunch of food. Not because I like, not because I, I like, like, not because I like training or I like eating a, a bunch of food, trying to get bigger. It's just that it, it pushes me closer and closer to or towards my end goal. Yeah. I mean, some mornings you're going to wake up and be like, oh my God, why yeah, am I doing this? This, this morning, <laughs> this morning I literally stood out in the garage and I had everything set up. I had all my hurdles and everything like that. My box jumps and I literally just, I just stra- stared at it for like solid five, 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> I do not want to be out here right now. It is too early. I just want to go back in my bed and lay down. But you know, everything that you want to do in life has to be hard. So that, that's what I live by. <laughs> so when you're in Culver doing, cause you have team practices. So you have team practices. So how long do you spend just on your own in the ice rink? So right now, right now we don't have any team practices cause our season's over, but we're going to start, um, like hockey spring training soon. So like, uh, right now, I spend at school, uh, I get on the ice during the school day, uh, during my free block, because I have one every day, so I get on the ice for about an hour every every day during the day, and then after school, I'm uh, stick handling for an hour and a half, shooting pucks for an hour, half hour, and then lifting for about an hour and a half after that, and then I have to, you know, finish my schoolwork and all of that stuff, so I, I don't get as much work as i do uh down here or when i'm at home but i definitely get a lot up there so i don't understand how you get more work down here than up there because you don't even have ice down here half the time so yeah it's it's a lot of it's a lot of (laughs) off ice work i get ice maybe like two times a week up there i get it every day so it's a lot more off ice works which i i think i think it's still really beneficial um, I would like to be on the ice more often, but you know you can't get whatever you want. So I think I think taking the time to really uh, hound your off ice training and do all of that is uh, a lot more beneficial than just getting on the ice every day, because you know I'm building those muscles and I'm building those uh, like muscle memories in the garage. I'm building all those things so that when I get on the ice, all I need to do is just you know apply myself with skates. And apply it with motion and then i'm good so it's it, t- it cuts your ice time and it makes your ice time a lot more efficient because you're training so much off the ice that everything when you get on the ice is so much easier because you know you're already working on your stride off ice you're working on all of that so then it kind of it feels a lot easier once you get step on that ice after taking a long break from it because you have all those fundamental things you just got to get back into the groove of it and it takes takes maybe one session to get back in the groove of it and then you know you're you're right back where you were so is this your plan all summer long to get up at 4 a.m and what three four workouts so i i've i've done three i've done two this morning and i'll probably get in maybe another two just maybe just one today because wednesdays are kind of my lighter days to you know kind of recover from everything else but so monday through monday through friday wake up at 4.30 every morning this summer. And then on Saturday and Sunday is more of a rest day. So I'll wake up probably at six and just do lighter training. Um, just to, you know, let my body. 6 a.m. guys on a light day. Let my body recuperate and, <laughs> you know, get ready for the next week. Cause you know, like on the off season, you're putting your body through a lot. 
you're doing a ton of weightlifting. It's it's hard on your body, so you need to give it enough time for it to recover. So I try to give it at least three light days a week so that my body can fully recover. What are you doing for recovery? Because I know some guys do ice baths, like, you know, the hot hot plunge, cold plunge. I'm sure you've yeah, heard yeah. everyone's doing that. So, so I do it at school. I do it ice baths a lot more frequently uh, because our trainer has uh, like a really easy access to it. But I did ice bath yesterday after my last workout just to, you know, kind of like recuperate. Um, so um, I do ice baths sometimes, things like that. But most of it is just like a lot of stretching, about an hour to two hours every day of just dedicated stretching to make you more flexible, to like um, stretch your quads out to get them ready for the next day, things like that. Just being prepared and being ready for anything so that you don't get injured because once you get injured, all of that, like all that work that you've been doing is just completely taken away. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to risk that. It's a, it's a major setback. You had some injuries this year though. Yeah. You had a concussion. How was it dealing with that? Cause you got decked on one, you got cross checked in the head. Yeah. So I had, I had one, um, documented concussion. I I probably had a couple more, but (laughs) I didn't say I had them, of course, uh, which is probably not the best. But um, so I had one concussion. Um, it wasn't. It didn't look like a terrible hit, but you know, it's just one of those awkward kind of hits. Um, it didn't set me back a whole lot because it was very minor, and none of the concussions really have. So I haven't really experienced a whole lot of injuries, the really minor ones. Um, but I don't know if yeah. a concussion is a minor injury. That's a pretty big injury. It's with your brain, the most important. <laughs> part of your body (laughs) when i say minor i say like the amount of time being off the ice yeah i got you there i also um i kind of they said it was overworking my wrist so i was overworking my uh left wrist Um, what happened to your wrist so it was it was shooting too much and it was shooting with heavy pucks too much so my wrist couldn't handle all of that all of that strain and they were trying to it was really sore so it was trying to like build new muscles in that area so that it could you know handle that strain and all of that with the heavy pucks and shooting so many pucks a day so it was trying to deal with that um so my my left uh wrist got really really sore during the season for about uh probably like three four games um so i had to tape that up and i couldn't really i couldn't really use it a whole lot like my my stick handling during those games were definitely like lessened. I couldn't really shoot the puck a whole lot, but I still played those games. I still played them hard and everything. I just couldn't provide as much. So that was, that was a little bit of a sex setback because I couldn't really shoot the puck or handle the puck. I was just kind of being out there, you know, doing my, doing another, doing a different role than I normally would. Um, so that was definitely difficult, but it was just a minor setback. Didn't set me back too much, but took me out for like a couple games of doing what i normally do so when you are sitting out games you're not just you know you got to look at the game mentally you can't just you know mentally be unengaged because you got to see everything and be prepared as you are on the ice so i'm not saying like if you do have a long longer stint where you are out which i really hope not but there are players who are great that you know tear the acl they have all these big time injuries that keep them out, but they're mentally still intact, even though physically they are set back. Yeah. So how did that time off kind of help you see the game differently? Cause you're not on the ice. 
Yeah, I think it I think it made me a better uh leader because I wasn't on the ice to show them what to do. So I kind of had to expect more from them and expect more from like our teammates and expect more people to to step up uh because I wasn't playing as a leader. Um so I think I think being a leader it definitely strengthened me because I could talk to my teammates even when I wasn't playing and still try to help them as much as I could. Um, so I was still on the bench. I was still, you know, get making sure everyone is all right and doing all of that. So I was still there present. And I think it, I think being injured as bad as it is, I think it makes you a better leader. And I think it makes you see the game in a different way um, than you normally would when you're on the, like, even when you're just sitting on the bench waiting for your next shift, you're thinking about what you're going to do next, what your line's going to do next. You're not really thinking about what the people are doing out there right then and there. So it's kind of hard to give people instructions or trying to help someone when they're playing the game. But when you're sitting out, you don't have to worry about your next shift or the next shot. So then you can kind of focus on each individual's game more and you can kind of get, you can kind of wrap your head around everything in that situation so that when they come back to the bench, you can tell them what to do or tell them how you think they should do it better. And if they push back on you, you can see that from their perspective because you were watching it. So you can see all the sides of it and you're not missing any information so that you can make them the best player that you can be and you you can make your team the best team it can be. Was there anything in particular that you saw differently than before having that time? Um, I think it was just uh, just watching the game and not not like watching yourself back. Like watching yourself back on film is really easy because like you know what your your habits are and everything like that. But I think finding out what everyone else's different habits were and like what good what habits are good, what habits are bad and how you can fix them and all of that kind of thing. So it was just it was just minor things that little like that people do um, that I kind of noticed that you don't really notice in your game because like, you know, you're playing the game and you're not really focusing on it. But what are the habits exactly? What habits are you kind of talking about here? Um, You notice more of like their roles and like that. I think habits works with roles really closely. So if someone has a, like a habit of, of getting into a lot of like battles on the boards and things like that, their role is to have the, um, ha- have the battles on the boards. Right. Yep. So their role is to get the puck out and everything like that. So you kind of notice, you kind of notice everyone's little roles and everyone's little, little job that they have to do. Even if they're not consciously thinking of that's their job that they have to do, everyone knows that's their job. And I think being on the sidelines for like a game or two, uh, definitely like, definitely showed me what everyone else's job was and what I had to do when I came back. Yeah, because you just gotta fill, fill in that gap. Yeah. I was think. it difficult coming back? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't that difficult because it wasn't that long of a long of a stretch. It was maybe I, I missed one weekend of games. Uh, maybe I think I missed a, a weekend a weekend and a half of games. So it wasn't that big of a. It wasn't that hard coming back, but it was definitely a little interesting, like not being on my skates for a while or not training at all. Cause you know, with a concussion, you can't train at all. So that was, that was definitely a different feeling like going and sitting at practice and just watching them. That was definitely like an odd feeling of me not being able to do anything, not even being able to lift weights or do anything like that. Cause like if you hurt your leg or your arm or something, you can always train other muscle groups. So, like, if I hurt my leg, I could still train upper body and all that. So, it was definitely difficult with your head because you can't, you know, you can't do anything because, like, they don't want you to. 
Do you think that's going to be something that will affect you in the future, or do you think that's just a one-time thing? Um, what do you, like? What do you mean by that? The the concussion. Like, do you do you see this as a injury that will happen again? Um, I don't, I don't think so. But you know, I I hope it's not. But I don't, I I don't, I don't see myself getting like another concussion, um, or anything like that. I. I don't see myself getting injured at all. I take pretty good care of myself, but with some <clears throat> with some things like a concussion, you you can't really pre- prepare for that in any way. So it's kind of difficult to you know uh, think about that. But yeah. So take me in the moment when you you got because I know you had quote unquote non documented concussions, but the one that you did get. Take me in the moment into that where you said it was an awkward fall, right? Yeah, so you can see it on the on film. Um, it's kind of an awkward fall. Um, it's like an awkward fall, and then he hits me with like an elbow or something like that. So it was. I I don't really remember a whole lot of it, but I remember seeing it on video and people like telling me about it, and they said it was pretty awkward and it like didn't look that bad, but it was just one of those weird things. So when you're so you just laying on the ice, or did you get get uh, up? Yeah, I got I got up and I skated back to the bench, and then I went into the trainer for the rest of the game. So when you're in the training room, like, how are you feeling when that happens? Um, my head hurt, and I was like a little like the world was kind of spinning around in that <laughs> training room. So it like it definitely wasn't comfortable, but uh, I remember just like little I remember little bits of it like walking to the training room. My balance was all off and things like that. But we we have a pretty good training staff, so it it all ended up pretty good. So what's the concussion protocol like? Um, so our concussion protocol is, uh, you have to have two days of no symptoms. Um, you stay in the health center, which is just like it's just a really dark room with a bed and a bathroom. So you just stay in there for two days, no electronics, no nothing like that. Like you you can't do. You just have to sit. And emptiness um and then after your two days with no no um what's the word no symptoms then you can go back to ha- start having half classes so you have half days of classes and then you can go to sports if you feel like it and watch them which i did um so it was just it was just kind of like easing you back into what your normal day is yeah because they take concussions really seriously because it's your brain and you can't really heal it back like you can't really get like once it's damaged you can't really do anything about it they you can't like it's there no no so you're in a dark room for two days yes it's it's just like a little like room with a bed and you you sit there for two days it's so what are you so are you thinking about anything or is your brain just like hurting that bad you're just like kind of sleeping the whole time no your brain doesn't really hurt you're just like like i was i was more frustrated because i couldn't do things Cause I couldn't like hang out with my friends or anything. I was just sitting there all weekend long. So it was like, it was boring and frustrating at the same time, but it was, it, I, I just knew I had to do it because like, I don't want to get another one. I don't want to get it. I don't want to make it worse. So it was just kind of just knowing that you had to be there, but I, it was mostly just like sleeping and just laying around. So you, you didn't sit in that room cause you're by yourself isolated from everyone. Yeah. You didn't sit there and think about, things related to hockey or a little bit but i tried to keep my mind off of everything i tried to just stay blank as much as i could just to you know heal and recoup so how would you assess 
your uh, performance this year individually? How do you think you did? I think I did a lot. I think I did pretty. I think I did pretty well. Not in like the sense of me just like doing well and like uh, against other people, but compared to what I uh, did last year and compared to how I played and compared how I looked as a player last year, I think I've improved a lot. And I was really happy with this season compared um, because last year I wasn't. I was getting back into the groove of things with hockey. I wasn't. I wasn't doing that great. But I think um, this year really helped me, like, you know, realize, hey, I can improve in this. I can do this. Like, it, it really showed me that it's possible to improve quickly and not just improve quickly, but improve in, like, a positive way, even though it might not feel like it in that moment when you're training. Yeah, exactly. You um, sent me a video of you shooting from the blue line a few times this year. You would come up and yeah. shoot from the blue line. I'm trying to break that habit right now. But what's the key to being able to shoot that far? Because you do have the strength, and I think your accuracy can get there at some point. But what's the key to being able to shoot that far? I don't. I honestly could not tell you. Like whenever I shoot it, <laughs> whenever I shoot it from the blue line, I just like think in my mind, just let it, just let it rip, and just shoot it as hard as you can, and like hopefully it goes in the right spot. <laughs> So, like, I'm trying to break my habits of shooting from the blue line because it, it doesn't go in most of the time. It's just when you're playing, like, not the greatest goalies, they, they tend to go in. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to bring it lower and get, like, more of, a, like, a skilled shot. So, I'm working on that right now. I'm working on, like, recalibrating my brain to think, like, maybe no, don't shoot it right when you get across the blue line. Like, maybe try to bring it into the zone, get other people involved in the play. So... Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to break that habit. I did it a lot this year, and I'm not not too happy about it. But it worked out a couple times. Was that the only time it worked out? Um, it probably it worked out quite. A, it worked out on a, on a lot of occasions. I was shot for a lot of line. occasions. So yeah, is it really a bad habit then if it actually I works? Would, I would say it's a bad habit because once you start moving up in these levels and doing all of that, goalies you're gonna stop it unless you, there's like a screen on the goalie or something like that. So unless everything is perfect, the shot from the blue line is never going to go in at high levels. So when you're you, so you had a couple one-on-one opportunities with goalies this year. What's the key to you know finding the space and getting them to you know kind of go one way so you have one side of the net open? Yeah, I guess it's just like really. It, it depends on each like player on like how they attack each one on on one on zero with the goalie. So it's hard. It, it's different with each player how they attack it but i would say i would most of most of the time you're trying to sell one side and try to get them to like really really commit to one thing and then just do the opposite so i think really like showing them and like faking a lot is uh really helpful but i guess just trying to get them to commit trying to get them to slide to one side so then that you have the easy other side but some people just like to take it down and shoot because they you know their accuracy is really good i did i just took it down a lot and just shot it most of the time and it worked um because i'm i'm trying to get better at like getting up and close and working on that so i'm working on that right now and trying to like evolve those traits so that i'm i can do everything but i most of the time would just shoot try to get the goalie moving in his crease you know, don't don't just come at him straight on and shoot the puck because you know he's he's set there. You want him, you want him to move side. You want him like you want to go out to the side if you have time. It all just kind of depends on like the situation, but you want to just get him moving as much as possible, and you you want to stay as 
uh, as, I guess, um, I don't know how to say it, but you want to get him moving as much as possible and you want to move as least as possible until it's the right time and then you move to that spot. So that subtle time. movements. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as much subtle movements, but big movements that look to like a goalie, like to a goalie, it will look like you're moving a lot. Like you might move your hips one way, like shift your whole body weight one way and then go the opposite. So that whole shifting might look really big and it might look like you're moving a lot and like look like you're doing a whole lot, but you're really not doing anything. You're just trying to sell one way so then that the other way is open. So what's a go-to move on a goalie for you? Um, So it me, it's really just shooting the puck, but a lot of the times I'll, I'll come in from the side and I'll go forehand backhand forehand backhand and then just just try to roof it uh which is literally just like trying to put it as high in the net as possible like over his pad so i guess really trying to make the goalie like stretch out and really trying to get him to commit to one side so the other side's open and if he doesn't commit he still has to like you know really be really flexible and be really like on top of everything to make that save so it makes it really difficult on him um, to do all those things. So talk to me about the goalie you played against in the state tournament. You said he came up to you and said, like, if it was any yeah. other day, you would have scored. Yeah, so that the goalie during that state tournament was the, uh, the what one. What team was that? It was uh, Leo High School. So Where is that? Somewhere in Indiana. <laughs> I don't really, I'm not really sure. I think it's in somewhere in Indiana. But uh, so – yeah, he was playing lights out that whole weekend. He had a shutout the whole the whole three games that they played that weekend in the state tournament. Oh. So me going into that game, I didn't really know that, but I knew he was pretty good. <laughs> he didn't know he was in the zone. I, I knew he was pretty good, so I was I was just, you know, trying to get shots on that at the start to, you know, feel how he plays and do all of that. But then once I started <clears throat> getting like good looks and good shots, he was just, you know, and like he was just there every time. So he's really on top of it. Uh, he played a really good game. I thought I played. I thought we played and my team played an all right game. Uh, it could have been better, but I think their goalie was really on top of it, and I I think he was a big part of their their success. What was he doing in particular? He was just saving everything, or what made it difficult for you to score on him? Um, I think it was just it was just the speed that he was playing at. It was just a lot faster than a lot of the other goalies that we play. Uh, so it's just the different, like, you know, change in pace of scoring. Scoring on him was a lot more difficult than scoring on someone else because of his speed that he brought to the game. So it was just a lot. It was it was a lot more difficult. I liked it because I'm, I move pretty quick, so I like a speedy game and all of that. So I think him versus me was very, like, it was very good. It, it, was, it was very tough for both of us, but I think he just came out on, on top and, his team came out on top of ours, which I thought I thought we could have played a lot better, but uh, it is what it is. What did he say to you after the game? Uh, he was just telling me to you know keep my head up. He's saying I, he's he was just saying I was playing lights out this weekend, like any other weekend you would have scored on me and things like that. Because he he noticed that I was taking like majority of the shots. I was I, I had a lot of good looks that game. Um, so yeah, he's just he was just like uh, you know just showing good sportsmanship. So when you go on a scoring drought. How difficult is it to keep your head level and not get frustrated and just continue to move on to the next one? Um, it's definitely it's definitely really difficult, and I experienced that during the back half of the season, not scoring a whole lot of goals. Um, so it's it's definitely like really really difficult for you mentally, 
it's it, there's there's no like physical aspect to it other than there's just the mental aspect of scoring goals. So if you can score goals at the start of the season, why couldn't you be able to score goals at the at the end of the season? So it's just more of like a mental thing. I think I I don't really I didn't I don't really know how to overcome it. The only like way I have to cope with it is just trying <coughs> to visualize me scoring goals. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was really difficult, but uh, we got through it. So. So you got a couple compliments from referees this year about your speed. Yeah. Like how how did that feel to get compliments like that? Um, it definitely like it definitely made me feel. Um, I think I think it most of it made me feel like motivated to do more, to show them that that wasn't like my cap. Yeah, you're not done. So I I think I think them saying that I was kind of fast and them saying that I had a lot of pace to me, I think that really motivated me to, you know, get faster and not just like, oh, okay, they say I'm fast, I don't really need to do anything else. I like it's more of saying like I need to show them that this is like nowhere near how fast I can actually be. So I think that that motivated me to be more disciplined and motivated me in training to be faster the whole year and coming on uh into the off season so some something kind of transitioning i want to talk about goalies just for a second um so during the summer you're shooting on an empty net you don't really have any goalies so will there be a point in time where you do train with goalies and try to get that game feeling as much as you possibly can um so there's like i'm going up to a camp in um minnesota um with a couple guys like with a couple guys and uh i i think there's going to be goalies but i don't think that really affects like how you play because you know you're not aiming for someone's glove or something like that you're aiming for a part of the net so i think just picking a small target when there's no goalie and making sure you hit that and if you don't hit it hold yourself accountable and know that you probably weren't going to score that and know how you can change that for next time I think that's really important. I don't think a goalie is necessary for everyone to get better because you're, you're just trying to pick out little spots in the net, right? And you can do that with or without a goalie. So I think you just have to – I think not having a goalie makes you hold yourself a lot more accountable to what goals you think you would have scored during that training session versus what you wouldn't have. I feel like that's surprising to hear because I feel like somebody standing in the net would make a big difference just because they are taking up space. It wouldn't affect – Anything I, I feel like for me, if I was a hockey player, which I'm not because I can't skate, so I would think it'd be a lot different having somebody there than just an empty net because you got the whole net instead of just the corners just being available. I think whenever I shoot on an empty net, like I'm not thinking I have the whole net to shoot at, I'm thinking I have this little corner, right? I'm aiming for. What I like to do when I shoot is I aim for little squares in the net. So you know all those little squares? There's about like a thousand of them in the net. Because you have the little, um, on the net now, you have the little, what's it called? Pockets. Like, yeah, pockets yeah, that, pockets that catch, catch the, yeah. Yeah. So I've actually I've actually ripped through both of those pockets. So <laughs> I've, shot, I've shot so many pucks in those pockets that there's holes in them and they don't hold pucks anymore. Um, so what I do when I shoot pucks is I aim for those little squares in the net, the little tiny squares. I aim for those. And then if I hit it, great. If I don't hit it, I'm aiming for a really small target. And if I miss, it's going to be really small because I'm aiming for that little target. And if I just miss it by like a left, like if I miss it by like four or five squares, 
doesn't matter because that square is in the on the perfect spot and i didn't get it there but it's still probably going to be a goal because it's just a little off so perfect spot. so you're how do you perfect that you just repetition repetition um i think i think it goes with repetition and i think I think the big misconception about like repetitions and just shooting like a thousand pucks a day is that I'm not just going out there and just, you know, kind of just like looking at the puck, you know, looking at the net, shooting it, looking at the puck, looking at it, shooting it. I'm like focusing on my technique on each shot, making sure it's perfect, making sure it's fluid. If it's not fluid or if I don't get it right in the right spot on the blade of my stick before I shoot it, then I don't shoot it. I reset. I redo all that so that my body and my stick and my hands only know and only only know what's right and only know what the perfect shot is so that when that time comes I can just I can do it automatically. So I think I think it's not just the repetition of, you know, doing like or like any sport just shooting 100 baskets or shooting like 100 goals or something like that in soccer. I think just doing that is not beneficial at all, and I don't think it helps you at all. It might help, like, a little bit. But I think if you really focus on your technique on each shot, focus on each shot, where it's going, you know, focus how if you miss that shot or if you, like, if you like it wasn't right in the right spot, how can I make it go in that right spot? And really just, like, I think a lot of repetitions helps you um, with those little, with those little corrections, knowing like, oh, that shot, I, I maybe I flexed my stick a little too much. Yeah. There. Maybe I like pulled it a little too much in, so I couldn't get enough power. So I think all of those repetitions help you lead to getting a better shot. But I think if you just go out there and shoot a thousand pucks with no purpose or with no, um, I guess like desire to get better, if you're just saying, okay, someone told me if I shoot a thousand pucks a day, I'm gonna get better. You're not just gonna get better. You have to shoot a thousand purposeful pucks. You you would rather have reps that are with your hundred percent effort than reps that are fifty percent effort. Because there's a big yeah. difference if you do a thousand reps going fifty percent than a thousand reps going a hundred percent. There's a huge difference. I would, I would rather only shoot five hundred pucks a day with full focus and purpose with every single shot than shoot a thousand with no purpose. So you have you ever shot a thousand pucks a day? I do it about every day. Every how so is that spread out through the entire day? So you section it out like two fifty or if it sends you do four workouts. Uh, so like that that third, and that that third workout is always going to be shooting pucks and stick handling. So it's going to be one of the two. So three or f- the third or fourth workout of the day is either going to be shooting pucks or stick handling. So uh, during one of those, like I have a hundred pucks in a bu- in a bucket and a net, and I just. I shoot ten. I shoot like rub maybe ten buckets. I I guarantee you I shoot more than ten buckets a day, uh, of those hundred pucks. Um, cause I'm out there for like four or five, maybe six hours a day just shooting pucks. Um, so I think I de- I definitely shoot over a thousand pucks every day, and that's not I don't like really count how many pucks I shoot. I shoot pucks until uh, it's quote unquote perfect, like not like perfect because you know but it's no one's perfect but but like 99 percent there i shoot until i'm like i feel really good about that shot and i can i know if everything's on the line i can hit that what's your inspiration to get as close to perfection as you possibly can um i wouldn't say it's like uh i would like who's someone you look up to that the person i look up to mostly when i look at like work ethic and things like that is definitely i look up to kobe a lot 
about how his work ethic is. Like, waking up early allows me to get more workouts in than anybody else. So it allows me to get 10 times better than everyone else because I'm getting two workouts in before you're even up. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's the main... That's the main difference because I always used to hear growing up that when you're sleeping, there's always a kid training or yeah. someone doing something. And for you to be that kid, it's it's pretty incredible. And yeah, Kobe is he's so motivational and yeah. everything he says, he's just because at the end of the day, he got three workouts done because he wanted to spend time with his kids. That's literally exactly why he did that, because he got all his stuff done early like there was a bunch of like stories about him in Team USA. He would like Chris Bosh. I'm sure you know who Chris yeah, Bosh yeah, yeah. is. There was like a story about how Chris Bosh is like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the gym at 6 a.m." Kobe's in there drenched in sweat, getting taped up, icing. It's like, what the heck is <laughs> what the yeah. heck is happening? <laughs> I, I strive to be that person that everyone's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna." I'm going to be early. I'm going to start working and start grinding this off season. And I want to be that guy where it's like, this guy's already, this guy's already sweating. This guy's already working out before I even got here. And I feel like I'm doing a lot. I want to be that guy that everyone's like, wow, that guy, that guy just works a lot. So you think the program has noticed this? Uh, I think some of the, I think some of the coaches definitely have. Uh, I don't, I don't really find that to be important because, you know, I'm just, during the off season, I'm more working on myself, so I'm just kind of focusing on like what I can do to be a better hockey player, uh, and I think that leads to me being noticed by other coaches and other people in the program. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think it's sometimes it's noticeable, sometimes it's not, and I don't think I don't I don't work every day and every night to be noticed by coaches. I work every day and every night to be the greatest that I can be. What's your goals for the summertime? to implement into your junior season because this is a big season for you coming up um i would just say my goals are for this this uh off season is just you know getting a lot bigger putting on some more size putting on some more speed that'd be nice um and you know really just perfecting all the all the little things that i didn't learn when i like when i quit hockey in third grade from from third grade to eighth grade, I missed a lot of fundamental stuff that the, everyone else was learning when they were practicing. Um, so just kind of re going back to those fundamentals, those those quote unquote easy things that everyone should know, and just mastering them and doing them better than everyone else. I think that really would take everyone to the next level. Um, and I think I think just focusing on the little things and not half-assing anything. Because if you half-ass something, you then you know like. It's not you're not getting your full value out of it. You're not, you're not, you're not winning that. So I every every workout I think of winning and losing. If I go into a workout, I have it planned, I have everything that I need to do, but I skip sets, I lost that workout and I've lost that day. And I the whole off season, I want I want to win every day. I want to win every workout. So that that just uh, that just means just trying your hardest in everything, putting all of your work into every single. Thing that you're doing in that moment and not not like thinking about like when i'm lifting weights i'm not thinking about how i'm going to shoot pucks later i'm thinking about the weights that i'm lifting at that moment so i'm really i'm dialed in on those weights and i'm dialed in on what i'm doing in that moment so that i can be the best and then once i get to the next thing i'm dialed in on that and i'm not i'm not thinking about the other thing
because I know I was focused during that and I know I gave it my all. So I'm not worried about whether or not I did the best in that. I got to focus on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's hard to stay in the moment, especially I feel like it's hard for me to stay in the moment sometimes. And I wish I did stay in the moment more. But when people do stay in the moment, you are just boom. You're just going after what you want. I think you get I think you get 10 times the amount of work done if you're focused. I think you get 10 times more out of the work like I can do a workout and someone else could do a workout. I guarantee you I get more out of the workout. Because a lot of people look ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not bad to look ahead sometimes. It's a natural thing. But like all the time it, it gets a little, you get, you get a little carried away. Like you said, you, you're not focusing. Yeah, you're not focusing on the things. You're not focusing on lifting that weight. You're, you're focusing on, like you said, shooting pucks. Yeah. Like you don't want to be doing that. You want to be getting, so, okay. So if you guys don't know what this guy does for leg day, it is insanely difficult. Like, okay, I've so tell me it, your leg workout. I've toned it down a little bit, but I, I do legs two to three times a week. Um, I was doing it like six times a week. Yeah, I was like, no I, way you do that. <laughs> I, there's, I didn't see enough benefit in it, so now I just I just do twice a week now. Um, so I split them up into quad quad leg days and hamstring leg days. So one's focused more on quads and one's more focused on hamstrings and glutes. Um, it's just the hamstring one is a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of reps, lightweight and just like the most brutal exercises that you could do. Um, what's an exercise so I, that you do i like i like to do uh bulgarian split squats a lot and i like to those are horrible i like to squat a lot and my favorite exercise um for legs and speed is uh have you ever heard of nordic hamstring curls so where no. it's where you lay down and your legs are like under something that can keep you up and you you bend at your at your knees and you bend up and then go back down, and you're all, you're working your hamstrings on that. Wait, is it the leg curl, like a leg curl it's, machine? It's like a leg curl, but you're using your body weight. Uh, how do you explain to me how that how that works? Like, are you laying down? Yeah, or? you're laying down with your legs under something, and then so like let's say this is your knee here, then you're just bending at your knee to lift yourself up. So are you using a resistance band? No, for that? just just your body weight. Oh, it's extremely hard. Is it re- really? I cannot. I cannot do a single rep of it. I have to do the assisted stuff and things like that. <laughs> it is very hard. But like the reason why I started doing it is because you look at all these fast athletes like Tyree Kill, Usain Bolt, Zaquan Barkley, all those fast guys. They can all rep those out. They can all they can rep Nordic hamstring curls out. Have you seen uh, Zaquan Barkley when he was at uh, Penn State? He like has like every single yeah. squat, every single deadlift clean. Squats are a big part of my workout, and those hamstring curls are a big part of my workout um, because they just they just make you faster. Like you look at any fast guy, ask them what they're any fast guy in hockey or football or like lacrosse, any of like those that any fast guy you ask what their squat is, it's a big number. Like, do you look at when you watch like Tyree Kill or? Um, Zaquan Barkley lift weights. Do you look at the technique they are doing and try to use that same technique? Um, a similar li- sports a little bit, but it's it. I tweak it. I tweak it to to be more focused on hockey. So I kind of open my legs out a little wider <laughs> to focus on like the inner quad and more of that because you know 
when you're when you're in your stride you're basically just doing a lunge so i do a lot of lunges a lot of squats so i try to keep my hips really open so that i'm able to lift heavy weights and move heavy weights fast quick and be able to do that in a lengthened position with my hips so that when i get out into the ice and you know i'm reaching for that extra stride and that last push that i get that extra power from that squat because i was doing it in a stretched position or i was doing it in an uncomfortable awkward position just like i'm going to be in the ice because i'm on the ice you're going to be in a lot of uncomfortable and awkward positions so you need to be you need to be able to lift weights and do all be able to do all of those things and exert power in any stretched out position with your body so from last year were you more comfortable on the ice now or then because definitely definitely now I'm definitely more comfortable now than last year on the ice. Because uh, you th- were thinking about skating last year. Now you don't think about it. Like, it just yeah, comes yeah, natural yeah. to you. It's like running. Yeah, like, last year a lot when I was playing, I was thinking about, okay, now I got to – I'm doing crossovers. I got to think about this. Like, right over left, right over left. Like, <laughs> I got to think about it, right? But now it's just like when I'm doing crossovers, it's just like I just need to get this puck. And I'm just thinking, like, I'm not thinking in my brain, like, what's the fastest way to get there? I just know if I do some crossovers, it's going to get me there faster. So I just do them. I don't think about it. I just think about the task, and I just know what what kind of skating or what kind of thing goes to that, and I just do it. Versus last year, I was thinking, the puck's over there. I need to get to it. How can I get there? I should probably cross over. So it's just things like it's just things like that that i that i uh developed through playing i think i think you just develop that through playing knowing situations and knowing uh just being comfortable on the ice and on your skates so i think that i think just playing that season out uh really helped me um last season yeah i think playing last season's uh last season definitely helped me this season to like you know not think about skating or not think about the fundamentals as much during the season so that i'm able to like succeed and do all of the things that i did Woo. Okay. That was a lot to unpack here. I, I really, honestly, as a brother, I just, I'm super proud of you because, you know, just looking back on where you were like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just can't, I just can't stop thinking about that. Like there was a picture that came up on my phone. You didn't even have a jawline in that picture. Like yeah. it was, it was that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was definitely. I, it was, bad. it was, it was like that bad guys. Like I, he looked like a completely different person. Like understand, like I remember when you would go to the rink, you literally walk there every day. Yeah. You come back, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat," and then you'd be asking mom, "Hey, can I go back to the rink?" And she'd be like, "Well, you were just there, or you." whatever you can't go or and then you just like get upset because you couldn't go to the rink like i knew from that moment that you were going to be in this position where you are now i didn't know if you were going to be this obsessive but you are definitely kind of you're surprising me you're surprising our family but you're going to shock the world i think one day everyone's going to look at you and be like this kid has put in the work he does everything he needs to do and beyond. And I'm I'm really proud that you found your passion because finding your passion is hard, especially for young yeah. people. And I, I like to see it in you. Thank you. But uh, this has been um, Auburn Burleson, former state champion, um, going into his junior season next year at Culver Academy. Uh, I appreciate you having coming on. Thank you. It's fun.
<laughs> it was fun. All right, I'm your host, Jackson Burleson, um, and this has been another episode of the Take Podcast. Subscribe, hit the like button, and share it. Let's go. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me nice. I'm from another world, baby, yeah. Right away, paradise. They think I'm way too cold, cause I put my heart up on 